0: The ideas procedures and suggestions contained within this podcast are not intended as a substitute for consulting with a medical professional all matters regarding your health and fitness require medical consultation and supervision welcome to the warrior wellness podcast a podcast for military members veterans and first responders focusing on fitness health nutrition and biohacking our mission with this podcast is to introduce america's heroes to lifestyle habits and hacks that will help them live healthier, happier lives, and in turn, be fit enough to continue their support of their communities and country.
1: All right, Dr. Pat Ballone, thank you so much for joining us on the Warrior Wellness Podcast. And um, I just wanted to mention that I stumbled upon Dr. Pat's book, Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired? And I absolutely had to look her up. And as soon as I looked at her, yes, thank you for holding that up. As soon as I checked out her website, I had to have her on the podcast because I feel like we are so much in alignment about um, how we feel about uh, wellness and health and fitness. And I just had to have you on the site. So just right off the bat, doing some research on you, I had to quote you like right off the bat because I just loved this so much. And you say on your website. I refuse to remain silent and watch people get sick, suffer, and die way before their time and make poor choices because no one ever told them anything different. So I'm just going to ask you where that came from because I can feel the emotion behind that that statement. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of emotion there and passion. So where does that come from? And, and have you had experiences in the past where you've, you've seen this or maybe it happened to you personally?
0: <laughs> okay, to answer that question about that quote, and I just really realized by looking at people's eyes, looking at people's faces, and then studying Chinese medicine that in walking around Boston, what I got was that there were a lot of sick people who didn't know it. There is that sickness in you know, in the title. Why are you sick, fat, and tired? Came about because I was looking at well, people know if they're fat. Basically, you can do a you know body composition. Test. You know um you can tell how your clothes are fitting you and stuff you know if you're tired a lot of people are exhausted or depleted in the middle part of the day let alone the end of the day you know and then you have their face like you can see the skin and their face and their hands you can see you know when I was someplace eating I could just look at people's poor choices and I just made the sign of lacrosse you know thinking like oh, oh my god don't ask me you know, about like, you know, what to eat for food, you're not going to like it. And, you know, so it was, it was a really interesting adventure to see all that. So back to the title. So, you know, if you're tired, you know, if you're fat basically, but you don't know if you're sick. And so in Chinese medicine, what I learned when I became an acupuncturist that you can look at people's faces, you can look at how healthy they are, you know, you can see the light on, you know, and it's just like, it's always nice to be around somebody who has that sparkle in their eye. You know, they don't even have to, they emit such energy around them, you know? So it was always, you know, like when I was in Boston during that time span where, you know, I decided that, um, I was going to come out cause I basically for all intents and purposes was retired, you know? And I just went, I'm like, I can't sit here and watch people do this to themselves. You know, I've got to do something. And it was really motivating because you know, at that time, you know, it's just like I probably was the healthiest I ever been, you know, um, exercise-wise, mental, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. If I thought I could do something, it was my whole chiropractic career from when I graduated from chiropractic school in 1984, you know, to even at the time, it's just like, doesn't everybody think that they can do and achieve anything?
1: Yeah, and and so what you're describing is, and I think this is the conundrum that we're in as a society, um, even a global society at this point, is if it's it's normal for you to feel, you know, just lethargic and brain foggy and tired and you, know, you kind of have all these kind of symptoms and aches and pains, um, you don't really have any um, explanation for them. And everybody else around you is that way, too. It's normal actually in our mm-hmm. society to be a sickly person. If you're not sickly, if you're not overweight, if you're making healthy choices, if you have no medical conditions, you're in the minority, you're a weirdo, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> so- yeah, you are.
0: I mean, you have, you know, that that's really quite true. I mean, like, you know, you have to, you know, people don't ask that question, why, you know, um. Like, why do I have that? Like, you know, if some, you know, I was talking to somebody earlier today and, you know, we were talking about this very same thing. It's just like people, you know, and you, and if you don't have your health, you can't do work. You can't excel. You can't be the, you know, the CEO, The you have to have a certain level of, you know, health in order to achieve the things that you want to do on a daily basis. And if you don't, then you struggle. And if you struggle, it's like, if you were my girlfriend, and I would say, Hey, girlfriend, you know, like I have, you know, lately I've been having this like bloating, blah, blah, blah. And she looks, you'd say, how old are you? And I would give an age and you'd like, Oh, I had that then don't worry about it, it goes away. But then you realize, cause you don't check in with it anymore. You realize a year later that you're not in a better place than you were a year before that. Right. So, And so you you start taking on those things as, you know, new normals, you know, Mm -hmm. how do you think people, you know, when you see an older person walk by far, you know, in more what's inflection, Mm -hmm. you know, then what happens is, is that those people walking around inflection, they didn't get there like that, it was something that was very gradual, they had an accident, they fell down, they never got they're, they never got that component of that inflammation in the joints, you know, fixed. So they just accepted that as a new normal, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like you, like when you're looking at somebody who has frozen shoulder, you know, and they can't pick their arm up, you know, it's just like, and I've had a frozen shoulder on one side, the other side, and back on the other side um, from a ski accident that I was in at one point in time. But the uh, nevertheless, it's just like when you can't move your arm, you don't realize what that does and how that relates, you know, in a transitional way and mobility purposes for the rest of your body. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, mm-hmm. You know, and
0: then I've I told somebody, I go, if you don't get that shoulder fixed, you're going to have it on the other side too. And they're mm-hmm. like, you're, you're a bearer of um, blessings, Dr. Pat. You know, I said, it's true. I can see that. You can right. see that rounded shoulderness but people don't pay attention to their posture.
1: Well, we've been we've been taught to ignore our bodies, right? From mm-hmm. a very yeah. from a young age, we've been taught to kind of ignore 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 Um, And then, you know, and this kind of transitions into the next question I want to ask you is that's kind of the difference between the traditional kind of I call sick care system. It's, you know, our traditional (laughs) health care system, although it's a sick care system versus what you do, which is more holistic and looks more at the root of the causes, um, taking more preventative actions, intervening earlier rather than waiting for. You know, it, you know, it's like we we have check engine lights coming on all over the place. And we're told to ignore, ignore, ignore or mask, mask, mask with medications, right? So you just go mm-hmm. to a doctor, you complain about something, they give you a pill, right? And it masks the symptoms. There's almost no investigation as to where that came from. How long has this been going on? Did it start small and gradually grow, and where it could be, you know, going um, as far as the implications for maybe affecting other systems? So can you talk about the contrast um, where you start with your patients and and how you kind of teach them to listen and pay more attention to warning signs, as you call them?
0: Sure. you know, um, you know to address that first thing that you talked about though, Um, the, you know, you have to take somebody and their mindset, because if you don't change their mindset, you know, they set themselves up for failure, you know, and they'll do what makes them feel good. So when they hit the ceiling and they can't bust through the ceiling, then what they'll do is they'll repeat a behavior that they did before, even though that's kind of almost the definition of insanity you're not getting any place and you can't, you can't figure out like, why am I not making more money? Why do I have better relations? Why don't I have better health? Why don't I have, you know, and it's because instead of, you're looking outside, just like traditional medicine does, and you're not looking inside because healing comes from inside out. It's an inside out job. So and also in that mindset is taking, you know, it's similar to taking somebody from the platform that, you know, the world is flat to the world is round. And when they have that haha moment and they're going like, wow, by being more hydrated, you know, I'm getting rid of toxins. I can help control my weight. You know, I can help, you know, improve my breath. You know, I can help, you know, you know, be, you know, have the, the right kind of hydration with the right kinds of foods. You know and like voila you know you have better health so when you're looking at you know at like what the cause of a problem is or what the root of a problem is you've got to ask yourself like you know what is it why is it and what's in my environment that i'm doing that's either contributing or taking away from my life because everything that you put in your mouth either enhances your health or detracts from it so that would mean that all food that you eat affects you hormonally so if you're not sleeping well you know most of the hormones are handled in your body in your sleep because that's when you repair, you revitalize, and you restore functions in your body. Your brain detoxes when you sleep. So if you're not sleeping and you don't have the right amount of sleep and you're not getting into the the levels in the uh, of sleep, like you know, one, two, three, four, in the deep sleep where all that magic happens, then you're always going to do there's there's a a, where you start having some depletion so when you look at this most simplest thing that people can do to improve their health is by controlling and taking back control of what goes in their mouth you know and how can i get do this on a regular basis so i don't feel like i'm being punished because a lot of people do when they go to do a diet or if they do a detox which you know detoxes should be you know, monitor it a little bit more than what they are because a lot of the times people do detoxes and they're purging. You never want to purge your liver, you know, never, you know. And so you have people who like choose to do these DIY things that could be doing more harm than good, you know. So when looking at and talking to people about, hey, where to start, tell me what you like to eat first. You know, and anybody can give something up. If you know that when you eat avocados, it makes you bleed in your intestinal tract. Why would you, why would you continue to eat avocados? You know, and if you, if you knew that when you eat a certain food, it makes you feel bloated. It makes you tired. You're so, there's something with whatever you ate that is affecting how you're thinking. And if you keep on damaging your gut, then, you know, it's no kill surprise that you have problems with, you know, uh, gluten, you have problems with lectins, you have problems with, you know, like, you know, uh, sugars or salts or spicy food that you never had a problem with before in your life. In the easiest organ system out of the 11, that kind of all work like a Swiss watch to fix is the gut. Mm -hmm. and so it's it's like and you got to fix the gut first before you do a detox because you don't want those toxins dumped if you have leaky gut and it keeps on recycling to go to the liver because when the liver gets overwhelmed it puts it in your weakest link and when that weakest link is overwhelmed it goes to your next one so people wonder why you know when and then they will take the medications that you spoke about I think in like 1999 2000 I read a stat at that time that the average person who was 50 years old was taking five meds. Right, I found that astounding as first off someone's taking my meds, which I never want to take anyway and. You know, and it's just like, you know, cause when you do that, then, you know, they're treating symptoms. They're not, and it's like doctors, the matter, like what's the matter with you, you mm-hmm. know? And then here's a script or here's, you know, at one point in time, they were so worried about antibiotics. They have the super antibiotic, you know, the super guys out there, germs that we're going to get you, which they postured us for today. Right. Um, right. you know, from time magazine, time magazine also said in 2004 that they had a miraculous, you know, discovery of how chronic illness and disease was all related to inflammation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's like, the problem is, that was 2004, we're we're 2021. We still have the same problem. We have more of a problem as we saw in how people, when they were, when they contracted uh, and they they had COVID, how their bodies responded. You had, you know, people whose immune systems just slammed down shut and they died because they were sick and they didn't know it. And, so, and yeah, they never took the time. The faster, getting better. I want to
1: bring up. I just heard the other day, and I don't know if it was from you or or somewhere else, but um, that that was <laughs> that was the thing that that astounded me was, and this is true was, you know, that a majority of the people who have have died of you know of COVID, you know, the, the, the same thing keeps coming up is most of these people. Are saying or their loved ones are saying, well, they they were healthy, but then when you look into it, so they said they were healthy, but the problem is our American definition of healthy is actually very the ill. They are mm-hmm. on five medications on average, and right. we call that healthy just because it's normal. That's not mm-hmm. the same thing, and I think that um, that's what kind of drew me to you is this is what you talk about a lot um, in your book and, um, what you do in general is you're trying to help people distinct and kind of separate the fact and kind of retrain their brains. Like you said, changing your mindset is just because it's your normal or it's normal for, for almost everybody else. It, you don't have to accept that you being on five different Mm -hmm. medications, you, you should, you should throw up your hands and go, no, No, Mm -hmm. I don't accept that. I want to be on zero medications. I want to be really healthy. I want my definition of health to be, you know, of a healthy weight, of a healthy body composition, to have endless energy to not, you know, have stomach and problems and bloating and constipation and diarrhea constantly, you know, depending on what I'm eating. That's
0: not normal. It's
1: not, (laughs) but it's normal for most people, you know? So um, most people have Mm -hmm. Pepto-Bismol and, and, you know, all these uh, Tums and antacids, and this is a normal part of their life and acid reflux. And how do you, how do you help your patients separate that is like this isn't normal this isn't health you say you're healthy but actually there's so much better health out there how can you how do you help them make that transition mentally
0: well you know you first have to go back to what they learned <laughs> and you know and if in ask the i ask people a couple questions i first asked them if they're willing to do what it takes to be healthy And because obviously they wouldn't be talking to me at some point in time, or if they like when, and and I use that even when I'm doing like, you know, working with, you know, executives, you know, and entrepreneurs and, but it, you know, whatever, I always thought like whatever I did as a sports physician, I said, well, sprained ankle is a sprained ankle. (laughs) And so when I look and talk to people, I ask them, you know, are you willing to do what it takes to be healthy? Are you committed to it? You know, and I said, because commitment isn't just like one day it doesn't work, then you kind of like throw it aside commitment. You see it to the end, you know, and you also look at, you know, you have to be willing to look at outside the box. So, um, on my LinkedIn profile, I changed it yesterday, the p- banner. And cause I found a picture of me teaching a group of people, actually they were medical medical doctors who, um, I did this nine dot theory. Are you familiar with nine dot puzzle? So you draw these nine dots out, three, 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 and you connect all the dots with one line in four directions. So you never pick the pencil up. So you you pick one dot to start with and you draw four lines and they should connect all the dots. They can't be curved lines, they have to be straight lines. So I always let people do that. And I go, because that's your box of your knowledge. And just because you have that box of knowledge does not mean that there's not another solution. And a lot of people don't ask the question there. When they go to doctors, they're very scared of them. They're intimidated by them very easily. So they forget the questions that they really want to ask. And plus they don't know the questions. Because if you ask a right question and you get the wrong question, you're going to get blah, 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 you know, or wah, wah, wah. So. Asking those questions and, and and knowing what to do is fine. So back to the nine dots, when people look at that, I tell them that represents their life. That's what you know to be true. In order for you and your, for your solution, you might have to go outside your nine dots. So if you looked at the nine dots has a little wall to it. When you draw that line, a couple of those lines go outside the nine dots. It busts through the wall. It makes the sunlight come in. And you're going like, Oh, you mean I can go to a chiropractor, you know, and I might not have headaches anymore. Wow. I never knew that. Or I didn't know that nine out of 10 people when they're born have some type of cervical injury because of the birthing process. I mean, just those kind of structural things. And I didn't know that there's something like 22 teaspoons of sugar in a can of Coca-Cola. Die Coca Cola has aspartame, and it's linked to so many chronic degenerative diseases. You know, I know two people that were specifically, you know, related aspartame to the NutraSweet, which they now call it by a different name. I don't know what it is, right now, off the top of my head. Um, they relate that to their MS. So when you have something that's so deep, that's going to the blood level, in Chinese medicine, blood's pretty deep. And in Western medicine, blood's really deep, but they don't look at that as being a target and where the root problem's at, you know, and then why did you get it? You know, People just don't ask those things and they don't think outside, especially in this day and time, because they've been so programmed by media to accept what they see as sell value you know, right. or put people, you know, even on, you know, on LinkedIn um, being, you know, at what they see and what they read instead of doing their own research and really researching it out in the right place. But people don't know where to go for that research either.
1: Right. And their know, medical and doctors that, aren't telling them where to look either. You know, the medical doctors are just telling yeah. them what, you know, they're, what they learned in medical school, you know, or what the drug companies well, are telling them at the luncheons. So that's, that's all they're telling their patients.
0: Well, the, the thing is, you know, like, you know, when a medical doctor says to somebody, I equate Western medicine and alternative medicine in a very simplistic analogy that I learned from a chiropractic friend of mine. And he's, you know, and what he teaches is the fireman carpenter principle. So when your house is on fire, that you call the fire department, the fire department comes out, they bust through the windows, they bust through the doors with their axes and their hoses. So, what they do is they get in your house and they hose everything down. That's what medicine does. It hoses everything down. It hoses the symptoms down, dilutes it, you know, and it puts the fire out, you know, and they destroyed your whole house. And you, they're going, didn't we do a good job? <laughs> and you're going, well, thanks a lot. I lost all my things, all my personal heirlooms and things that were so important to me, but I have a house I now have to rebuild. Right. So then they call the carpenter and the carpenter is the alternative medicine doctors. They're the ones that think outside the box and saying like, Hey, what a mess we have to go back to basics. I'm a go back to basics, common sense kind of doctor. I go, I look at, okay, so this is what we got going on. Here's our diagnosis. What can we do if foods medicine, what's the first thing we can do in lifestyle medicine. That is the first thing that you do is you look at diet, nutrition, diets, very different than nutrition. But then you go like, okay, so I have that. So what kind of, what are the components you know are important to be healthy? Exercise, you gotta move. If you don't move, my second patient said, who was 92, she must've been doing something right all those years, you're gonna die, is what she said. So then you gotta take targeted supplementation because those 11 organ systems work intricately. And when they don't, one affects the other one and the other one, and it just starts trickling down. So in my survey, in my book, you can have, you know, a very low immune score and very higher scores, which are your higher priority scores for your other organ systems. And then those organ systems, you're going like, well, my immune system is really good. Well, it is for now. But if you keep on taxing it, you know, because you don't know how long something takes you to get sick, it eventually is not going to be, it's not going to participate. It's going to have to quit. You don't yeah. give it another choice. It's like never taking your car to get an alignment. And using the same tires until the end of the, the for 10 years and thinking that that's going to work it doesn't work that way and your body exactly. doesn't work that way either exactly. and that's you know so it's there's it's so convoluted, you know, to like when, you know, talking to somebody about getting to the root and making that mindset shift. So on the emotional component of looking at people's health, you know, we, in this day and time, we have a huge problem, you know, with mental health in this country, you know, and I don't, can't speak from other point of view, but, you know, I've witnessed it, you know, that thinking like, oh my God, you know, there is, we don't eat well, we don't think well, and we don't move well. And when you have pair will of fear because fear is a lot of times false experiences appearing real Mm -hmm. and you know it's just like if it's real then you're like saber-toothed tiger you know it's in front of you you run or you figure out how to like become part of the environment (laughs) um so you don't get attacked but people have um you know there there's a huge um disconnect you know from people's mindset and being able to um Go from point A to point C um, yes. in their health, and then and then when they don't know what to do, they give up. Exactly. As opposed to getting the mentor asking questions. So you know when you ask your doctor questions and they can't answer them, or they slough you off, or they push you aside with it, get a different doctor. Exactly. Go for a second opinion. Mm-hmm. You don't have to take what somebody says as you know face value. Go you know do your research and prove it yourself.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I love that. And that's what I love about your um, what the services you provide at the health team network is I loved that you provide um, an advocacy, um, you know, service. And because like what you said is you don't know what you don't know, you know, of course, there's a lot, you know, you and I know a lot of things because we've been in this holistic, I mean, you've been in it you know, longer than I've probably been alive, but we've been in this holistic realm for a while. So we know a lot of things, but we've, we've had to learn that over time. So to expect our, our clients and our patients to know that stuff, to learn it right up front is just kind of impossible. So you do advocacy, which I love because you can help your clients and your patients advocate for themselves, ask the right questions, um, direct their care, you know, make it personal to them and their needs instead of the other way around. You know, usually mm-hmm. we go to a doctor and they dictate what we're going to do. And then they're at the door in five minutes. Then all of a sudden you're just like reeling, like what just happened? I, I didn't even get to ask a well, question.
0: Well, right. You only have 15 minutes on a, on a, either on a, um, a call like a telemedicine call or a 15 minutes and they're booked 15 minutes solid. So if you, if you don't get to the point and you know, a lot of people don't know how to speak the language with their doctor, we speak their doctor's language so that they get that they have an issue someplace and doctors don't do the same thing with patients, you know? So what I like to do, what I've always have done is just like when a patient was told me that they were going to go to the doctors, like oh, what kind of doctor are you going to? And it's like, I don't know what to ask them, but this is what's going on with me. I said, how come you never told me that before? <laughs> I mean, because I thinking, let's take a look at like what we can do on our side, you know, of the fence to make our grass greener here. And um, so, you know, but giving them the questions to ask. And I said, you just sit down and get in there and just say, here's the situation. If they're trained in reading a graph, the so kind in my book, then perfect. They can help push you in the right direction. Because I work with people virtually. Um, I don't work with people one on one. You know, I do for special higher, like you know, um, VIP type things and stuff like that. Or I spend. I'll come to someone's house and go through their whole kitchen. And you know, usually a couple, you know, times I've done that before COVID. Someone said, "I don't have anything left." <laughs> so it's like you've got to read labels. You've got to know what you're putting. If you can't pronounce a, a food, an ingredients on your can or whatever food, I go, you shouldn't eat it. You know. And so the, um, you know, but I, I like the the quote that you did. Like you don't know what you know, and you can't see, and what you can't see can kill you. Right. So, and it's a truism, you know, so that when you, you put those two together, you know, people don't see that, you know, the sick part, they don't see nor do they want, they don't understand it. And it's difficult for them to understand, but right. then they don't understand what Western what, medicine doctor is telling them, you know, um, and not that Western medicine is bad because if I had, you've got to like, you know, if I had, a, you know, somebody had a stroke, you wouldn't bring them to me. You would take them to ER. Right. You know, and they would need specific things. You yes. know, so you know, and at some point in time, you know, after they hose them down, they're gonna say they need to do surgery because they don't know what else to do on the end of that stick of being, you know, like that's what they do because that's what they've been trained to do. And so that's when, you know, by and sometimes by then there's so much other stuff happening that you've got layers of things to go through. So you don't get, you know, when you I take on a client, I don't take on a client for a month. I never do that. Um, If that's what they want, they can go someplace else. You know, people who I work with, I work with for three months, six months and a year because there's so much information out there. You can't assimilate that in a month and try to implement that into a system, you know, that you can help reverse, you know, suppress, or you can, you know, get a a more balanced, you know, um, more balanced outcome and be able to focus on your health. Because when you Mm -hmm. do that, then you have sustained energy, you have productivity, you have, you know, good relationships, you have, you know, like you can work, you can uh, be better at communication. Because when people get tired, they talk like they're drunk. I mean, the, the, if, when someone's tired, the highest number one reason for car accidents is that people fall asleep at the wheel. And it's not texting, you know, it's, it's you know, so you have to take a look at, you know, and piecing the puzzle together, you've have, you have to have all the pieces and you've got to be able to be willing to do what it takes to be healthy. Yeah. And that might mean, you know, so I can find a simpler way for somebody. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, mm-hmm. but it's very doable. And yeah, and, to, and like develop. you said,
1: commitment to the time that it takes, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I say... To all Now I'll say using your book title <laughs> from now on, you know, it didn't take <laughs> you didn't take you overnight or a month to get sick, fat and tired. So why are you expecting it all to just magically go away in a month? You know, I do the same thing. I don't work mm-hmm. with anybody less than three months. So, um, and it's a commitment to not only what you need to do to solve your problems, the many layers, you know, that are going on, but also the commitment to time to know that this is a path of, of healing not, not a sprint. You didn't get sick overnight. So you're not going to be able to heal overnight. So Mm -hmm. don't throw in the towel just because you don't instantaneously feel magically better and lose the 50 pounds in a week. It's just not going to
0: happen because you didn't put on the 50 pounds in a week. So, um, well, something to note on weight, you know, on weight loss is that every fat cell in your body is an endocrine organ. Mm -hmm. And so when you try to purge fat from your body so quickly, you have in, it's the storehouse for toxins. Toxins get Mm. stored when the Mm -hmm. liver gets overwhelmed and can't, and your body can't get rid of it. It stores it, it stores it in blood, brain, bone and fat. And that's the first place that it goes, you know Mm -hmm. and then it goes from there to, you know, bone then it goes to brain, you know so you can see in the brain's highly fatty tissue. It likes fatty tissue because it's easy for it to store but when you go to lose weight you're shedding toxins mm-hmm. and you want to do it in a way that is very healthy so that you don't end up getting sick from what you've been eating for 20 years.
1: Right. And storing you know, all those and, toxins. And, and right. that
0: accumula- yeah. And all that accumulation. Right. That.
1: And what I That's love. What people a- get sick.
0: Exactly. And I've seen it. I've seen it
1: happen in clients who lose weight too quickly. And usually Uh they've done these extreme, you know, diets. And then of course they put on all the weight plus some. So it's just getting them out of that, that, um, that hamster wheel they're stuck Uh in. (laughs) Well, you know, they, they
0: say it takes 21 to 28 days to learn a new habit.
1: I think it takes longer.
0: (laughs) No, it does. It does. It's like 265 days or something like that. They really, you know, to learn a habit. So what they did they said, they knew they could never sell that. That would never, ever sell on the internet. You know, nobody could sell you a weight loss program. Oh, by the way, it takes you 265 days to first learn (laughs) this habit. So they break it down to 21, 28 days. And they said, if you can do it 21, 28 days, then you can do it 90 days. So now you're at 110. There you, go. you know and then you just keep on you know pairing it out like if you did it 90 days you can do it for the next month or you can do it for the next 90 days you know yeah. and you keep on adding to it but when you said that it reminded me of something i talked about in a course about mindset recently that um you know about the that learning curve was like the 80 20 rule or something like mm-hmm. that too yeah
1: yeah and what i love about what you do and you know and the, and the in functional medicine in general and chiropractic, um, and, and, um, East or Eastern medicine, medicine, just alternative medicine in general is, you know, it's divorcing the, the kind of lack of control we've, you know, the traditional medical healthcare system takes a lot of control out of the patient's hands. And what you do is you provide a sense of control and a sense of hope which is lacking in a traditional medical system. What I I believe
0: it's my opinion. Um, well, you know- it is. You know, <clears throat> I'll tell you. I had a biopsy done um, years ago, and you know, I think I wrote an article about the sick model of medicine. So, but when you use that when we first before we went on air, <laughs> it made me laugh. So, <clears throat> I was in a room where they were deciding whether where to go take this biopsy. You know from. And, you know, they had to do another MRI or an X-ray. I can't remember what it was. And I insisted on having a baseline study because um, it was breast. I insisted on having the baseline study of ultrasound. And they told me it wasn't diagnostic. But in truth, uh, ultrasound is diagnostic when you can't have um, a mammogram. And mammograms are so full of radiation <clears throat> that... Um, you know, I said, well, you're, we're either doing it or we're not doing the procedure. <laughs> I mean, I just like drew the line, didn't d- just set it. And I said, because what you're telling me is that your technicians, you're not physicians who can repeat the same test over and over and over again and get the same results. Ooh. You know? <laughs> and good. so, you know, the person who was in the room with me at that time, turned around and left, she got the, the head of radiology to come in. And I went, who are you? She said, I'm Dr. So-and-so and and I'm going to do your, you know, your ultrasound. I went, great, you know, and because cancer looks different in breast and ultrasound than it does. in, you know, another venue, like Mm -hmm. in um, an MRI kind of thing. So then we went and we did this and they took this picture again because they wanted to make sure they knew the location and they were standing behind me. I was already laying on the table and um, they were standing behind me and they were whispering And I just, and I knew, I didn't know if they were all women or not all women or whatever. I said, ladies, if you're going to talk about me when I'm in the same room, you need to speak up
1: because Mm -hmm. if
0: you don't, I'm off the table. Yeah. Good. You know? And I said, and they're going, well, every time you talk, you move. And I just said, you might get somebody else to believe that, but I don't believe that. (laughs) There's no way my breasts are moving inches by me having a conversation. You know, and talking and I said, so I go, I don't think, and I go, that's not, I go use that excuse with somebody else. So you either talk louder so I can understand what you're saying. If you're going to talk about me or I'm off the table. Make a choice. Yeah. What are you going to do? And they pick their voices up. So, and they were just—they were talking really about pain, you know, stuff like this that I understood. I never told them I was a physician, and so, and of any sort, you know, you know, for them. And so they did the procedure, you know, and you know, and I left. And but I just thought about how many other people, unfortunately, go in, you know, and you made to feel like you are, you know that you're sick, you're tired or you're fat and you're in the right, you know, you're in the place. They mistakenly put me in one time in a room when I used to do mammograms, I don't do them anymore. Um, And with all these women that had breast cancer Mm. and this one woman who was scared to death, sweating to death, I just held her hand. I said, look at, and I said, there's always something that you can do. And I said, if you've been doing these every year, they've been damaging your breast tissue and radiating it at the same right, time. There's exactly. something in my head that doesn't fit with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so, you know, she had a positive result. And I said, here's my card. You can call me after here. She goes, well, don't you have breast cancer? I said, no. <laughs> and mm-hmm. She said, this is the breast cancer room. These are people who already have, because they, they want to target you with the same people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, somebody said like, well, then what are you in here for? You know, and we started talking about like, do you eat sugar? You know, do you eat, you know, white things like potatoes and bread and rice? Do you eat those things on a regular basis? Do you know the source of those? You know, and I go, because you've got to change what you eat for food, because when you eat food, it creates inflammation. So if it creates inflammation, could like, you eat fruit? You know, if you're putting fruit in your shakes, I go, it's like pouring like kerosene on a fire, right. You know, cancer eats sugar. (laughs) Oh, it loves it. You know, it's just like, you know, it's like, wow, I love this person. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hang out here. And so, you know, it, you know, I've had situations in my life in like personal experiences that I challenged that system, you know, and, um, and then I started doing thermograms and doing a set of mammograms and because there's a pattern. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a pattern for those. And it's just like, and if you know what the pattern is, you know, when it changes is when you do a focal study, Mm -hmm. you know, there's Mm -hmm. no reason to, you know, take, and it's, there's, it doesn't damage your tissue. You're just hanging out, reading the magazine before you go in and like, before they scan you and, you know, it's, it's so it's, it's an easy element to, you know, to, to work with. And it's, maybe it's a little bit costly, but, you know, um, You know, and I mean, a little bit costly. I think in Massachusetts, um, I paid like a hundred bucks for the first one, you know, or 250, something like that, but it was out of pocket. But, you know, I'm thinking how long does, you know, if you eat well now, you know, you're paying the bank now to eat well. So you're not paying the coffer later. Exactly. The average, like, I think I read for the average person in diabetes, they spent over $20,000 extra out of pocket you know, and so it's just like, you know, why it's just like, if you took better care of yourself, you could take that $20,000 and take the, you know, the vacation of your dreams, Mm -hmm. you know, you can put the down payment on a second house, you can do, there's other things that you can do with that money that you, when you invest in yourself, you can, and when you do invest in yourself, you invest, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally.
1: Yes, it is an investment, like you said, of your mindset, your time, and sometimes money, but you know, it's, you're going to pay more in the long run anyway. With all these chronic diseases you're having to manage, and all these medications and medical procedures, and loss of you know your your lifestyle and and work and all of those things. But what you I know, love about what you do and what you say in in your book is you know that you are encouraging your readers that th- not to accept that to to it's not your just your lotter in life or you know that oh you just have bad genes that you mm-hmm. have some control and you you teach people in your book on how to regain some of that control. So can you talk about who needs to read your book and and what everybody. they're <laughs> going to get from it?
0: <laughs> I mean, I know it's everybody. <laughs> Every, but you know, everybody if if any well, you know, you know when I, the books, you know, I, I always, you know, tell people it's a great not to buy the digital. I mean, invest in it and buy the paper. And the reason for it is, is because if it's on your shelf, you see it, you know, and you can go to it in a nanosecond going like, you know, I've had a couple months where I've kind of felt off and you can take the questionnaire fresh, you know and you can write out your answers and you can see where those numbers might be coming up. You can track yourself, you can track, you know like this is my first one that I ever did. And I remember this is what I did in order to take care of that issue, that weak link, you know? So. You know, there's, and you know, when I wrote the book, you know, many times I asked my friend's son when I was stuck on a word that I thought was too medical, I go, tell me what you think this word means. And if he understood it, then I kept it. And if he said, I have no clue what what you're talking about. So then we would look up a word that means the same thing. And we would put, use that instead, because what I did is I took a very, I had um, in my original questionnaire that I used in my office, handwritten kind of stuff the those questions that were on there people sometimes left blank and they get this because they said they didn't understand it so when i took those questions and i got that idea of like this is what i'm going to help people what i'm going to help people understand where their weakest link is so that they can go do something about it so the likelihood of them expressing or um you know a bad gene pool because genes only like rose bushes is kind of an odd analogy for some people perhaps but you know a rose bush doesn't bloom all at the same time you have to have certain temperatures you have to have the right conditions diseases don't happen from your genes all at the same time because if you did you would have been dead a long time ago you know and all those bad genes you know those genome types and the epigenetics would have been you, you would have like you would say you later i'm gonna see i'm on siesta permanently um but when you do when you take a look at like how you can change your constitution you can change your constitution by eating well foods medicine and it's just picking the right kind of foods that go with the right kind of foods in order to start there you know and then you do targeted supplementation above and beyond that but the um the, for the, the person who's like, you know, who that is for, it's for anybody who wants to get, wants to know where their health is. They want to do something about it now and not wait till they're in crisis. A lot of okay. times when you're in crisis, you know, and that expresses itself, like, look at all those cytokine storms and COVID that you, it came up. Yeah. It's no wonder that happened because it, as I said, I think somewhere in that book, like there are more people sick that don't know it. Exactly. And, you know, and, and if you can take, You know, when you take your health back in control, then you take your dreams back in control. Because when you have your dreams and you have your health, you're unstoppable. You can have anything. You know, you just have to have the will and the persistence, and the resourcefulness. You have like, what can I do to get that? You know, and so that you're, you know, you have tunnel vision for that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people eat the same way that their parents ate you know, and they go, oh, it runs in the family. Well, of course it does because you haven't changed anything, <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, you like stop eating that, you know, and, or if you're going to eat that, you know, then eat the organic version, you know, and like, look where this you know, where's your food being sourced and what are those animals eating? You know, I recently, about a month ago, had a, uh, a semi, uh, this woman said, oh, you're crazy. And that can't be. And because I said they feed Skittle to cows and they put it in cow in food for cows. So if the cow's eating it, so are you, mm-hmm. you know? And I wondered at one point in time when I was taking the boards for Virginia years ago when I was living on Cape Cod um, and I went down because I wanted, you know, thinking that if I ever wanted to leave this frozen tundra up here, that I would go down, you know, more into a more temperate climate. And so I went and took the boards. And the the thing I noticed when I got farther south was that all these people were like really tall. I'm tall. I'm six feet, you know. Uh, But I would see these kids. I'm going, do you drink milk? You know. And I started asking them. So you know, they're drinking cows that were fed hormones, growth Uh hormones. So and they're drinking growth hormones. So you you have a whole group of people who have their really tall you know and they're a lot bigger than the generation before them i thought you know and then people got aware of that and they you know and now they have you know their choices they have more choices in having milk that doesn't have those things in it or going back to drinking raw milk and that type of thing like that
1: yeah so i think that the theme of this conversation is you know you have control it's not just bad genes or or it runs in the family It's not your lot in life. You don't have to accept that. Um, Mm -hmm. You need to look outside the box um, and educate yourself. And don't just take the traditional healthcare system, the medical care system at their word. Get an advocate. You know, read some books like yours. Why are you sick, fat, and tired? Start to educate yourself. Maybe get an advocate. um, Start seeing alternative health practitioners. Pay for it commit to it because in the long run, it's going to cost you much more. And what is the cost of good health? I mean, what is the cost of a longer, um, more quality life? It's priceless, right? So I don't mind shelling out, you know, $300 for two thermographies instead of going to get a mammogram because I have a history of lumps in my breast to not expose Mm -hmm. myself Mm -hmm. to radiation. That's going to potentially, you know, give me cancer. So I'd rather pay $300 yes. and invest in a safe alternative that is just as effective, if not more effective, actually, the research shows at, to you know, targeting and determining whether or not
0: you have some irregularities. But, um well, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, my hope, one, one of my kind of missions that um, is giving people a venue to know where their health is at and knowing that they have an opportunity to always, there's always something you can do to improve your health. Yes. Even one of my very first clients, you know, who had lung cancer in stage four, she didn't live very long, but you know, what the, you know, the, the, the aha moment for her was it's like, everything they told her the do for eating wise was totally wrong and actually made her worse than made her better. You know, and if she, you know, it's just like, you know, when, and when she found out, you know, like, oh, how can somebody have signs and symptoms, you know, for that, you know, we, you don't pay attention to, I call them Grim Reaper syndrome. So there's things that happen to you, like floaters in your eye, like, you know, like that bloated belly, like, you know, you talked about constipation, diarrhea, you're not getting enough sleep, you know really having a crappy attitude and, Mm -hmm. you know, and take and carrying that through and then wondering why, you know, you hurt, you're in pain, you know, and you don't, can't seem to make it through the day without being depleted. And you want to take a nap at noontime, let alone at five o'clock when you get home and you don't like your kids, you don't like your husband and furthermore, you really don't like yourself. And Mm so, you know, and then reposturing that because there's always something you can do. You just start, you know, taking one small step. And then the next yeah. day you take the next step, you know, and you keep on adding on to that. And then you can create, you know, I always think miracles are great. Miracles are a lot easier when two people are working together as a team moving forward in the same direction.
1: I love it. Yes. So yeah. those who are listening, it. please check out Dr. Blone's book. Why are you sick, fat, and tired? So if you are all three of those things or just one or two, you need to get the book. And you need to take that quiz and you just start with those small steps that Dr. Bologna suggests in her book. And of course, check out her other services and I'll include those links in the podcast notes. Thank you so much, Dr. Bologna.
0: Thanks. This has been really great. What a great surprise.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Warrior Wellness Podcast. Hey, we're always looking for a few great guests. So if you're interested and you think you'd be a good guest for our podcast, go to fireteamwhiskey.com, click on the Warrior Wellness Podcast, and go ahead and apply to be a guest on our show. Also, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you love to listen to and leave us a review while you're there. You can send it to info at fireteamwhiskey.com with your name and your mailing address, And we'd love to send you a little thank you gift just for taking the time for leaving us a review.